Keys to Lost is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all of your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com. In their defense, I'm not an easy person to trust. What are you doing? What I'm doing is helping you. And if you had any idea what I've had to do to keep you safe, to keep your friends safe, you'd never stop thanking me. And the other people on this plane, what's going to happen to them? Who cares? And what is going to happen? You tell me, Jack, you're the one that got to stay after school with Miss Hawking. It was filled with commandos whose only mission was to get him. And how'd that work out for everyone? Well, Ben, I was hoping that you and I could talk about the elephant in the room. I assume you're referring to the fact that I killed you. Yeah. Well, I just didn't have time to talk you back into hanging yourself. From St. Louis, Missouri, it's Keys to Lost. A weekly podcast dedicated to the ABC television series Lost, hosted from a musician's perspective by keyboardists Matt Murdock and Leslie Sanazaro Santi. And now, here's Matt and Leslie. And welcome to Keys to Lost, a weekly podcast dedicated to ABC Television's Lost. My name is Matt Murdock. I'm a keyboardist in the St. Louis area, and I am joined by my co-host, singer and songwriter and piano player in our own right, Leslie Santee. How are you, Leslie? I'm great, man. Happy to be here with you. You two covering Ben Linus today. <laughs> ah, you just don't like Ben. I happen to find Ben pretty fun myself. I don't know... What it is about him that makes me empathize with him so much, but there's something about him. He's intriguing. He is intriguing. He is intriguing. And I think he's empathetic, but we'll see come the end of the series. Me and you had a little discussion before (laughs) we started recording, and uh, we definitely have different viewpoints as to where he's going to end up. And now let's go on to Season 4. Season-by-season character highlights. Ben witnesses Kate steal the satellite phone as she and Jack separate to look for Naomi. He is forced to go along with Jack by Danielle as they go and try and track her. He informs Jack about Kate when the trail ends. When Jack and Locke confront each other at the cockpit, Ben asks to go with Locke and is turned over to Locke by Jack. When they encounter Charlotte, he manages to get Carl's weapon and shoot her, though she is protected by a bulletproof vest. He reveals to the group that he knows who the freighter people are and that they are coming for him, and that he knows this because he has a spy on their boat. As Locke's group searches for the cabin, Ben again begins to play mind games with him. Upon arrival at the barracks, he is held in the recreation room. And that is from Beginning of the End, Confirmed Dead, and The Economist. Ben is moved to the basement holding area that he held Locke in and continues to get under Locke's skin, shaking his confidence. He is later confronted by Miles at the assistance of Kate, who extorts him for money not to reveal the location to the other freighter people. When Ben's undermining attempts begin to lose their effect on Locke, 
he instead negotiates his release for an exchange of information regarding the freighter people. He is brought out of the basement and leads John to a videotape explaining who Charles Widmore is. He is then given his own barracks, much to the surprise of Sawyer and Hugo. At a dinner, he divulges what he knows to Locke's group and reveals who his man is on the boat, and that is from Eggtown, the other woman, and meet Kevin Johnson. When Ben is told of a 14J call, he leaps into action immediately. The barracks are attacked by Kimi's men and Ben refuses to surrender, causing his adopted daughter's Alex's life. In rage, he summons the smoke monster and tells everyone to flee the barracks. After the smoke monster succeeds in making safe passage for Locke's group, he insists to Locke that Hugo needs to come along and that he was the last to see the cabin. Ben follows Locke with Hugo in search of the cabin, which leads them back to the Dharma pit. Once Locke leads them to the cabin, he refuses to go in. When Locke emerges, he is told they have to move the island, and that is from The Shape of Things to Come and Cabin Fever. Ben leads Locke to the orchid, contacting the others via a mirror using light code along the way. Upon arrival, he tells Locke how to get into the station, then surrenders himself to Kimi's men. As he is taken back to the helicopter, he is freed by Kate, Saeed, and the others, and grants Kate and Saeed safe helicopter passage for their help. He returns to find Locke, still unable to find the station entrance, and takes him below ground to the station. When Kimi comes after Ben, he kills Kimi, causing the detonation of explosives on the freighter. He then blows a hole in the orchid chamber wall, tells John to meet the others, and that he will move the island. He goes into the donkey wheel chamber and turns the wheel, moving the island. And that's from There's No Place Like Home. And here we are in season four. You know, once again, I, I just love this fact that Ben always has a plan, you know, and even says so much in, in season four to Locke, you know, it's like, I always have a plan. And it's true. He, he always does. You know, even when he doesn't have a plan, a situation presents itself that helps him devise a plan. So he is never really without a plan. Uh, I think season six is going to show that he always had a plan to the wrong end. You know, even the end of season five, that was the first time we ever saw Ben without the ability. He's robbed of his ability to have a plan because he's been told that if he makes a plan, he's going to end up being destroyed. You know, right? You know, so he gets back to the island, and that all gets flipped on him a little bit. Uh, so it, it's it kind of uh, makes me think that this is where we're going to see see Ben turn from whatever evil he's had to, towards the proper side. And season four, of course, shows us the first time that that we find out about the smoke monster that it can be summoned from at least from where Ben lives. We don't know if this is is if this is some kind of special connection that he has or has been given because of his association with the temple and the smoke monsters association with the temple. Or if this is just some responsibility of the leader of the others that he's you know, that he's merely taking on, you know. Um but it's cool that we we find that out that, that the place does from which to summon the smoke monster, even if it can't be controlled, uh, is from that 
place that's in Ben's house, or actually below Ben's house, that he has access to from his barracks. And well, and it would make sense, too, for the leader of the others, if they call uh, the smoke monster a security system, to be able to send the security system out to secure, you know, the island, if need be. You know, maybe, maybe orders are given, or maybe orders are given. Yeah. Um, the other big moment for me with Ben is, and this is one of those sympathetic moments that I have for Ben, is is when he moves the island. Mm-hmm. The way he looks up at it, kind of to the sky there and he says, well, I hope you're happy now, Jacob. And then he does it anyway. You know, and he hasn't been told, per se, by Jacob, or has he? Is this mm-hmm. one of those little pieces of paper? See, that's the thing is that all of these 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 lists and everything that I assume are in the box. If he still has that box with him in season five, and those are orders from what he thinks is Jacob in season five, then this is this is far looking into the future, which again to me points towards an MIB master plan of of the whole manipulation of the loophole. And and if these orders are in fact from MIB, you know, then he then he already knew, perhaps, from one of those slips of paper that when Locke is told, tells you that the island has to be moved, then you have to do it, which creates a situation where then the Locke eventually has to do it, and Ben is there in order to be able to kill Locke, which may be another order that is on one of those lists, those lists or those pieces of paper. Sure. You know, and he thinks he's doing it all for Jacob, and he's doing it because he needs to be important to Jacob. Even and even if it is just all from MIB, in fact. Uh huh. You know, nonetheless, it makes the fact that he goes ahead and goes through with the same way that I really admired Locke, knowing that he's going to have to die, but he moves the island anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, same way with Ben. He knows that he may never be able to come back, or maybe he does know that he has to come back, but nonetheless, he doesn't want to leave that place, and he does it anyway. You know, and just that whole look on his face as he was moving, as he was turning that wheel, and as the light was starting to come on, that was a big moment for me with Ben. It just made me, you know, and then we got those few moments at the beginning of season five where I'm like totally rooting for Ben because he's trying to get them all back to the island and everything, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what the motivation was until after Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham. You know, but those whole, all of those moments are just incredibly, uh, for me, very empathetic and sympathetic for Ben. You know, if there's any point that we could really find some love for Ben, I, I can see how it would be at this time, you know, and um, it, it does, it, it, there is a, a feeling I, I can I can relate to what you're talking about um, when, I, when I watch it as well, um, a feeling of, well, you know, even if you don't like Ben, Ben is part of the island and Ben is part of this whole plan and, you know, just like in life when you're, you know, when when there are maybe people around you, whether they're people you work with or whatever, or people that are, you know, extended family or neighbors or whatever, you know, and it's so easy to just like be look at all their, you know, the way that they do things and, and be annoyed or, or, you know, be unhappy with them or whatever the case may be. But but they're still part of your world. You still have to deal with them. And um, and you know, if there was ever a moment where you know Ben is at all redeeming, I, I think I think this this could have been one of those moments. I agree with you, Matt. Um, but I, I still didn't fully understand logically. And again, you know, Ben's a mastermind, so I don't always understand what he's doing. You know, right away and and, and need to figure it out. It takes me a second sometimes. 
But, um, you know, the part where, you know, you can't come back to the island after you move the island, I mean, turned out to be total BS. Right. Total BS. So what's the story with that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and, and we don't know if that's actually a rule or not, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard an interesting commentary on the season five DVDs for the first episode, and 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 basically what Damon and Carlton said is that they're doing the commentary. It's probably an explanation for a lot of things that we've all questioned, and that is the island has a plan. So you know maybe it is a rule that you're not supposed to be able to come back, but Ben is allowed to come back because the island has a plan, and all of these people are supposed to come back, and he's the vessel to get them back. So okay, you know, but um, regardless of that, it, it like you said, it could be just complete BS too. It could have been something that Ben said uh, because he's told in you know, one of those pieces of paper that he's the one that has to move the island. You know, and, and so he, he says that say to that. John, right. so that John won't want to leave because uh-huh. he, you know he, he says you can't come back if if you move the island. Yeah, you exactly. Know. I'm thinking something yeah. along those lines too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the Santi section. The Santi section. So this week in the Santi section, um, in discussing Ben, I'd like to throw a song at you guys that seems to work as a basis for Ben's character and uh, and is really uh, a support of the basic history of the island and uh, the way the two kind of intermingle. Um, after uh, I, I know it hasn't come out yet, but um, um, we've been uh, putting together our rock and roll moments. Um, I say we. I, I submitted one. Matt's done all the work, but... Um, uh, I, I started really, um, I don't know, I was just like feeling the, the rock and roll vibe from the 70s and, um, um, my, uh, my, uh, I'll just give you a little hint that my, uh, the song associated with my rock and roll moment is a, is a Jimi Hendrix tune. And so I was, um, I was just kind of living in that world a little bit and like, you know, re-listening to some Hendrix and some, some Zeppelin and I grew up listening to a lot of that stuff, so... Um, I would like to this week, and um, just like I posted a list for the Sawyer um, character study that we did um, for Ben, I'm going to uh, post the lyrics to uh, the Led Zeppelin song, um, uh, Battle of Evermore. Um, I think it's a, a really, a really good, uh, um, a really good fit with uh, our section this week. Uh, so enjoy it. Uh, this is Led Zeppelin, Battle of Evermore. Season character highlights.
then arrives at the exit point in Tunisia after turning the wheel some ten months in the future. Getting credentials together, he travels to a hotel and sees a news story of Saeed losing his wife. He next travels to Iraq and watches the funeral of Saeed's wife Nadia. He is caught by Saeed and explains that Saeed was killed by Widmore's people. He coerces Saeed into working for him into eliminating several people under Widmore's employ. He visits Charles Widmore and tells Widmore that he has changed the rules and says in retribution he will kill Widmore's daughter Penny. When one of Saeed's missions goes awry, he treats Saeed's bullet wounds. After a last mission in Moscow, Ben tells Saeed his mission is over. And that is from The Shape of Things to Come, The Economist, and He's R.U. At some point in time, Ben employs lawyer Dan Norton and Butcher Jill to help manipulate people towards wanting to go back to the island and for gathering information. Ben observes Locke after Locke returns from the island and follows him, eventually killing Abaddon. He learns that after Locke is treated by Jack, that Jack has begun to search for the island again. He goes to Locke and stops Locke from committing suicide, telling him that he can get everyone back to the island. After he learns about Jen and Miss Hawking, he strangles Locke to death and resets the crime scene to look like suicide as Locke had intended before. He then goes to visit Hawking at some point before going to see Saeed and informing Saeed of Locke's death and that they need protection, goading Saeed and calling Saeed a killer. And that is from Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham and He's R.U. He next goes to Jack at Hoff's Drawler Funeral Home and informs Jack that he must bring them all back to the island, including Locke's body. He and Jack remove Locke from the funeral home and check into a hotel, making a plan to get everyone back. They note that Hugo has been implicated in a murder investigation. He helps Jack to get clean off drugs, then tells Jack to meet him in a few hours. He drops Locke's body off with Jill and confirms people have checked in. When Jack calls, saying that Saeed was brought to him by Hugo's father, he deduces that Hugo is at the Reyes home and goes to visit him. He asks Hugo to come back to the island, but Hugo instead runs outside and turns himself in to police watching the home. He goes to a church to meet with Miss Hawking and explains that everything may be difficult, but is told that if he doesn't bring everyone back soon, God help them all. And that's from There's No Place Like Home, Because You Left, and the lie. Ben meets with Jack and Saeed at the hospital, Saeed having just been attacked again. Ben takes Saeed with him as Jack goes to find Kate. He meets with Dan Norton and learns that the charges on Hugo won't stick. He and Saeed then go to Slip 23 in the Long Beach Marina, the meeting place for all of them. Ben experiences displeasure from Kate and Saeed about returning to the island and admits to Kate that he was the one threatening to take Aaron away from her because Aaron is not hers. Sun suddenly shows up and begins to pull a gun on Ben, accusing him of killing Jen. As Kate gets Aaron and leaves, and as Saeed leaves as well, telling them to leave him alone, Ben explains to Sun that Jen is actually not dead. When she asks of proof, he agrees if she will come with him. She agrees, but is wary, and Ben takes Jack and Sun to the church, telling Sun that if she wants to kill him, then get it over with, and tells her that he's only been protecting them ever since they've returned. Arriving at the church, he offers proof to Sun, and then the group encounters Desmond. Ben leads them all into the church with Eloise Hawking, and that is from The Little Prince and This Place is Death. 
Vin listens as Miss Hawking explains how to get back to the island. He tells Jack about doubting Thomas as a metaphor to motivate him to go through with everything Hawking has told her to do. He then leaves the church and goes to Desmond and Penny's boat, calling Widmore to let him know that he has found them, then shooting Desmond and setting to shoot Penny. He stops when he sees her son Charlie and can't go through with killing Penny. He is then beaten by a wounded Desmond and dumped in the water. He gets to the dock and calls Jack, asking Jack to get Locke's body. He gets a sling and gets to Ajira Flight 316 just before boarding concludes. On the flight, he speaks to Jack about faith and reading Locke's suicide note. The plane hits turbulence and there is a flash of light shortly after he leaves Jack alone to read the note. And that is from 316 and dead is dead. The plane crashes on a constructed runway on Hydra Island. Ben's son and Lapidus get off the plane and Ben nearly immediately heads for the kayaks, followed by son. He doubles back on her and after asking what she is doing invites her to come along. Frank stops them and son knocks Ben out. When he awakes, he finds what appears to be John Locke over him. He says he knew that Locke would come back. Then Ben tells John he's come back to the island to be judged and later explains why he killed Locke. Locke says he's going to help Ben and they go back for the kayaks, Ben having to shoot Caesar in order to save Locke's life. They get to the Dharma barracks and Locke makes Ben summon the smoke monster. When it doesn't come, Locke says he knows where to find it. Ben admits to Sun that he has no idea how Locke is alive. He, Sun and Locke go to the temple where he is told by Locke that he needs to go under it. He tells Sun to tell Desmond he is sorry and goes in. He falls through the tunnel floor and is judged by the smoke monster. Then Alex appears to Ben and tells him that if he kills Locke, she will destroy him and that he must follow Locke and do everything Locke says. And that is from Namaste and dead is dead. Ben is told by Locke that he must kill Jacob. When he questions Locke about this, Locke presents him with many reasons. When they journey to the statue, Ben goes in with Locke despite Richard's objections. Ben meets with Jacob and confronts him about why he was not allowed to meet with Jacob, yet Locke was, and is angered by Jacob's response. He stabs Jacob, watches as Jacob says they're coming, and the man in black pushes Jacob into the fire. And that is from Follow the Leader and the Incident. Okay, so uh, there are some of the highlights for Ben of Season 5. Um... A couple of things I wanted to say. Um, first of all, I really hated seeing Abaddon killed. I, I for some reason, felt kind of connected to that character, and I, I was I was bummed when, when he was shot, um, especially assuming that it was likely Ben who was involved. Um, I know that Abaddon's certainly probably not a, um, a, a, a perfect character, but, um, but I really did like his character, and I liked the way that he and Locke, um, I liked seeing he, he and Locke together for some reason. I'll agree that um you know in this season when when Ben tries to kill Penny and then is unable to when he sees young Charlie coming out of the boat that you know we we are getting that reinforced kind of um um information that you know that Ben is is unable seemingly to rob children of their parents and um as we we've, we've mentioned this already and and I think this might be one of Ben's only real soft spots um that that we've seen Also, um the whole scenario where Ben manipulates Caesar and Locke with the the gun thing and you know the Locke problem and and Caesar and and then flip-flops, you know, right in the right in the swing of the moment and shoots Caesar. 
was just like this incredible strategy that, you know, whether, I mean, it's, again, it's more really evil if you ask me, but, <laughs> but really, uh, really uh, a great strategy for sure. Um, and in this season, of course, there's the moment, and we've mentioned it already here um, earlier, when, uh, when the smoke monster manifests the, the image of Alex who tells Ben, you know, not to uh, not to even plan to do anything to Locke at all. And, um, you know, I think it's uh, it's pretty likely on some level that, that MIB has, has been involved or has manifested her to uh, to keep Ben from killing Locke before Locke can kill Jacob. And uh, we touched on that earlier. And, you know, finally, um, I would say that it seems really in keeping um, with Ben's character uh, for me to, 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 to see Ben ultimately be the one who kills Jacob. Um, I think he is pretty close to the evilest thing we've seen on the show. Oh. <laughs> are, are, are we certain that killing Jacob is the evil thing? Maybe it's the right thing. Yeah, it might be. You know, I'm willing to be wrong on that. I just, you know... Jacob seems like the the one of the more enlightened kind of you know characters, and because he's 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 looming, and he's you know he's making a he's working on a loom, he's making a rug, and he's like you know patient and quiet, and he doesn't control people. And to have Ben kill that is just like really difficult to watch. It is true, you know, when we were in our theory cast, and I remember Alex was basically likening Jacob and MIB to the pro qualities of humanity as opposed to the, the negative qualities of humanity and we kind of associated Jacob more with the pro qualities because of choice and, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things yet you kind of wonder if Jacob really has given these people choices in a mm-hmm. way he touched them all is that due to, is that some kind of greater orchestrated plan in which they really didn't have a choice after all? Uh-huh, perhaps it could you know, be. I, I mean, it's, I mean it's just pondering, but I, I, I just don't know. I, I think it has yet to be determined whether Ben killing Jacob is the evilest thing yet. Yeah, well, I, I think what I, what I said, though, was that Ben is the evilest thing we've seen. Ah, so I, I There is a difference. All right, well... Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you have that point for now. I remember right, thinking right. that uh, re- re- thinking you know from the end of season four into the beginning of season five, um, what a hero I thought Ben was because I remember you know, that the, yeah you know I was all about Ben right up until Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham and then then uh-huh. I was just like oh. <laughs> they do that. They would built him up so good, and now this. Now he's just back to being Ben. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, I still have hope for Ben. Uh, boy, there's some real manipulation though in these in these things, and and right through that whole scenario of of even telling Son, you know, I've done, you know, shoot me if you want, but I've done everything I can to protect you people ever since you got back. Right. Which may or may not be the case, but nonetheless, you know, it, 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 it's all that, at that point, it's all based on the fact that he'd gotten the information he needed from Locke. Uh huh. And then moved on from there. Right. You know, so just more manipulation, manipulating Saeed into killing some of Woodmore's people. 
more out of revenge than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, then again, the whole thing with Penny, you know, we we have to look at the fact that it was his intent to kill Penny. And he did shoot Desmond. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, again, ends and means. We've gone through this whole ends and means ends and means thing I think just about with every character on this show Mm -hmm. and the ends and means are kind of the uh, kind of the loops that they all end up facing in a way Uh you know Ben's ends are certainly you know um, not justified uh, by his means or, or by his intent or anything like that that we've seen so far uh huh you know, so we'll have to see how that turns out. I'm still hopeful that Ben will somehow redeem himself in season six. I'm open to the possibility. <laughs> That's as much as I can go that direction. Well, he, and, you know, that final act that you were talking about, and where you then claim that Ben is the evilest thing you've ever seen, or evilest thing we've seen in the show, mm-hmm. you know, um, that truly is just that child within him that just totally lashes out, you know. Yeah, it He's is. been totally made to feel completely unimportant by three words. What about you? You know, that Jacob says. And Oh, um, that would have been a great three words. Somebody should have written that uh, in. <laughs> somebody should have written it. What about you? And, Matt, that is so perfect. And um, those three words, you know, that, that totally unleashed that monster. But the seeds were very well planted uh-huh. by by MIB in his little temptation there at the camp of Ben. I call it the temptation scene. I think I did when we did our season uh, five top five moments with Losties with Jed and Kara. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that whole thought process about if, if it was presented it to, to someone in that way, I, I can see how if you had a tendency towards revenge, which we know Ben does... How he could easily be manipulated into doing this act, you know, with the whole fact that he did do all of these things for an island that gave him cancer and that took his daughter away from him. And, you know, um, and for a person that he wasn't even allowed to see, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, I can see how he could easily, with those circumstances, be manipulated. And it doesn't justify him actually doing the act. But I can I can see how he how he could be easily swayed in that direction. Sure. Yeah. So you ready to get back to feedback? I think so. Let's go. All right. Feedback. And in feedback, we got a couple of emails and a blog comment. Uh, one, the blog comment from Ben, an email from Yellow Rose, and one from Monty in Detroit. All of them commenting about uh, the fact that our background music on the second part of the Sawyer episode was too loud, uh, and it made it hard to understand us. And I have to personally apologize for that. When I was mixing that episode, I was not feeling good at all. And I probably didn't give it the proper attention that it deserved. As uh, 
I, as I was mixing, and so that was completely my fault. You won't notice that problem this week, hopefully, as we uh, as I record this. I'm, I'm I'm putting my foot down on myself and making sure that the background music to this week will be much more in the background as it's supposed to be. So thank you very much for bringing that to our attention. I have to be honest, I didn't really go back and re-listen to the podcast either, so I didn't I didn't know that uh, that was going on until I started receiving some feedback about it. I didn't know it either. So, uh, we did also get an email from Katie Gallen from whatkatiesaid.wordpress.com. She has her own podcast, What Katie Said Podcast, which is now on the Lost Podcasting Network. She's the newest member, as far as I know, so welcome aboard with us, Katie. We've so happy to have another voice on the Lost Podcasting Network. Um, she sent in an email saying, Last minute Ben thoughts. Ben is my absolute favorite character in Lost. From the start, such a complex, cultivated character who evolves one way and another, running the gauntlet of good, evil, and utterly con- inconsequential with, as they say, verve and aplomb. Greatly helped by Michael Emerson's phenomenal acting and ace casting of young Ben alongside this, I think you can often tell that Ben is a favorite in the writer's room. His lines are never filler and are always a few degrees away from anything you might ever have anticipated his saying. I sincerely hope that Ben's fate is something suitably heroic because I think there is a hero somewhere beneath the facade. I found his speech in the finale truly moving as he suddenly seemed so childish and unfulfilled. And I really, really want to know what is it that Ben knows? What happened to him in the temple? What drives and motivates him? Obviously, with most characters in Lost, we want to know the how and why of them. But with Ben, my interest is heartfelt. He's possibly the only character to whom I feel truly attached. Read into that what you will. Can't wait to hear your musings and insights on Ben. Cheers, as always. Thank you, Katie. Well, it sounds like you're in my camp on that one. I think so. That was a really beautifully written email, too, I might add. That was a nicely written email, although I must admit that before I can really respond to your first sentence, I will have to look up the word aplomb and find out what that means. (laughs) Me too, I don't know. Yeah, just a couple of musicians. Put a piece of music in front of us, we can read it, the spots off the page, but put a word like aplomb in front of us, and we have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Um, Unless, you know, maybe if you could put it in the Italian phrasing, then we might be able to understand (laughs) it as a musical term. In Italian, we'd probably read it just fine. In Italian, we would read it just fine. Uh, You know, I... I think uh, Leslie brought up the whole question about the temple uh, as being important for sure. And uh, I, I see him just kind of as, we we, and again, just like you said, with Emerson's acting, we've seen that child side of him come out in those, in those moments of great stress or those moments of, of revenge or lashing out, you know, with Juliet and Goodwin uh, or Juliet over Goodwin's body. Uh, there was that child, you're mine, blah, 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 you mm-hmm. know, and, and uh, in this moment with Jacob, those, those are truly just absolutely golden, just mind, heart piercing moments that just make you totally shudder, um, either in, in disgust or, or fear or empathy or, or something, you know, it doesn't matter what the emotion is, it, it just, it just totally drives it to the to the heart. I, and I think with a character 
as potentially dangerous seemingly as Ben, you just, you know, you do shudder when you see him start to throw a tantrum. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we also got an email from Jed from Losties with Jed and Kara. Surprise, surprise, Jed's a big Ben fan. Just hey, like Jed me. and Kara. <laughs> Hi, Jed and Kara. Loved your latest uh, vidcast. That was great. The, uh, the Sunday football. Awesome. And uh, you can catch their videos and their vidcast at lostiesWithJedKara.blogspot.com. Uh, Jed says, Dear Matt and Leslie, let me say first that I am thrilled you are doing a character episode on the most fascinating character ever to grace our lost airwaves. <laughs> wow. I am anxious to hear your thoughts. Here are a few thoughts of my own on Mr. Benjamin Linus, and perhaps they may spur discussion. One, Ben is a character with whom we can never read nor fully understand why he makes the choices he does. I enjoy reading into his lines and pondering what his real motivations are. Do you enjoy this or find it tedious? Leslie, do you enjoy it or find it tedious? Um, I, I tend to enjoy it as, as evil as I think that Ben can be. He's, I would completely agree. He's totally intriguing and you never quite know what he's talking about. And as the seasons go on, you find out something he said, well, he was talking about something, you know, he was talking about this or that. And, um, his, his comments are always pretty veiled, I think. And I, I find that pretty interesting. Yeah. And I, I agree. And I, I think it's a lot of this is going to depend on what all was on those lists and those pieces of paper and who they were from. Mm -hmm. And I think once we find that out, and I think we will find that out in season six, then Ben's whole story arc will become a little more clear to it. Uh, two, Ben's story has so far yet to go. Agreed. Yeah. What will he do when he realizes he was played by MIT? <laughs> hmm. He's right in my camp on that. Now, I like this one, too, because we didn't really talk about it when we was doing our season, uh, our childhood stuff, but what role did Annie play in his life, if any, at this point? Annie was so critical to him, seemingly, in Man Behind the Curtain, and there was so much emphasis by all the fans placed on Annie, and I think even Damon and Carlton mentioned that, you know, we would see more about Annie at some point, and it just got mm -hmm. all the fans into a fervor, and now, poof! Nothing in typical Darlton fashion. We're, we're going to be left with a with another hole to fill on our own with our own little fan fiction versions. Unfortunately, I think. What end will he reach, and what is the, his importance to the island? I think that's something we'll definitely find out in season six for sure. Um, and I think it again, it's going to depend on what he does when he realizes he was played by MIB. Which is really to this point. I mean, he's got to know now to this point after he's killed Jacob that Locke is not Locke. I mean, in so many words, uh, mm -hmm. MIB said that, you know, um, at least to us as viewers on the outside. Maybe not, maybe not so much. It may not be as apparent, apparent to the Ben character, but he's bound to yeah. figure it out. He's yeah, too oh, yeah. smart. He's too smart. Exactly. Ben will figure it out. I don't know that he's figured it out in the moment of killing Jacob, but he's definitely going to know in season six. All right. Number three, Ben delivers some of the most surprising moments in the show. Shooting Locke at the Dharma mass grave. Strangling Locke in his hotel room. Pushing Locke out a window. Wait, that was Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did more Locke damage somewhere. Regardless, Ben is most often leading the twisty path of our lost plots. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Um, was it? So, I I can't remember if it was a podcaster or somebody said at one point that every every scene with Ben could lead to a commercial break because there's always a great line in it or, or a great twist or something that yeah. that you can use to sell shampoo with. <laughs> so, uh, good thoughts there, Jed. Let's see. Number four, Ben is portrayed by the greatest actor on the show. Emerson's appearance and game-changing presence in the series enabled Lost to take that larger step towards television perfection. I have no disagreement there. I I, I really think that Michael Emerson's uh, performance in this whole series has been absolutely remarkable. Um, I'm going to disagree with you just in one slight aspect, and that is I really think that the most overlooked acting performance in all of the whole series is Terry O'Quinn's. His portrayal of Locke in as many different ways that they've drugged that character, the writers have drugged that character back and forth between all-knowing, completely confused, sad, uh, tragic, triumphant. I, you know, Emerson has played an immaculate calculator uh, who sometimes has the childish side of him that lash out. And I mean, it's a totally believable person. And when I look at Michael Emerson, I don't see Michael Emerson. I see Ben. I can't see Michael Emerson being anybody else. But in terms of the range of what has had to be portrayed, and convincingly so, I think Terry O'Quinn's job has been a lot tougher. And I think he's done just as remarkably well making us believe that it's Locke going through all of those things and not just respecting Terry O'Quinn's acting. Yeah. But that would just be my opinion, Jed, and you're you're the TV guy, so you probably know a lot more than me, but I'm just going <laughs> to differentiate with you a little bit there. What else do we have here? We also have one tweet, and that is from Just Enough, who says, As one who reads too deep into everything and a Locke fan, I'm 95% sold on your Locke being nothing really special theory. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Just Enough. We appreciate that. Um, I don't want to go too far into that because uh, we're on a Ben episode. But, uh, yeah, Locke is... um, Locke is... I I really am feeling that Locke is a pawn, just like the rest of them. He may be a special pawn. I'm not going to discount that. He may very well be a very special pawn. Maybe even elevated to a bishop or a knight or a rook. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I, nonetheless, he's he's just been a piece on the board like the rest of them, as yeah. far as I can tell. Maybe the most important piece, but a piece nonetheless. And any other thoughts on our feedback, Leslie? No, really great feedback, though, this week. This was really nice to hear your thoughts about Ben. Yes, thank you so much for the emails and the voicemails. And, of course, you can always continue to send us more. Remember, we're looking for Hugo Three words and any thoughts you have about Hugo, we'll be doing him in January. And with that, let's move on to closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. And closing thoughts. Well, Leslie, now we've looked at Ben all the way through. What are you thinking? <laughs> Well, um, I, I, I think that it's always possible that, that Ben will have a, a redemption of some kind as a person on the show um, in Season 6. And um, 
uh, still a lot of evil in there. A lot of, lot of manipulating kind of, you know, just dark behavior. But uh, um, I'm, I'm open to the possibility that he could be redeemed. Ah, uh, well, uh, good, because I'm hoping upon hope that he'll be redeemed, because he's <laughs> one of my faves. So uh, I, I, I want... I want I want to look at Ben as a hero, as I did between seasons four and five, uh-huh. and uh, I hope that uh, I hope I get the chance to see him as a real hero in season six. At any rate, uh, we hope you all had an enjoyable uh, holiday season. Uh, have a safe and happy New Year's, and in the meantime, stay, stay lost. lost. <laughs> Well, I can see how if there's any moment to find some love in your heart for Ben, it would be when he's trying to save the island, you know, and he takes on that responsibility, the responsibility to do that. Nothing worse than a keyboard player over here. They they talk all of the time. (laughs) I forget you have a home phone. Yeah, I forget I have a home phone, too. With, as they say, verve and aplomb. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Greatly helped by Michael Emerson's phenomenal act. Excitative guy. Excitative. Exc- <laughs> exciting or excitable or excite. Ex- excletive. Keys to Lost is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all of your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com.